0: So this morning uh, we're going to continue, amen.
1: Right before you uh, pray, let me a uh, couple of things. Um, one of the things we've been doing, if you're visiting, Pastor Tony and I have been teaching on this series for a, a while, and we were sharing the people, the team on the ramp before coming out, uh, especially after first service. Um, you you teach something, but I think it's really impact. Well, I know it's really impacting our home and our family. And um, so we're learning to adjust and be more of what God would have us to be. So one of the things we've done is we've asked people if you have questions to write them uh, so we can get them and we'll get a chance to address them. One of the things we're hoping to do one of these weeks is have a panel um, that kind of represents the scope of what marriages and families look like, singles, divorce, just a combination of everything. And so I have two questions I want to read this morning. I have no idea who these are from. Um, I have no idea the gender the gender, but we just want to read them um, as we've been teaching on this issue of naked and not ashamed. Here's what one um, question are asked. The question is this, should I be concerned if my spouse develops friendships with people of the opposite sex and has not made me aware of those friendships or their interaction? And the question is should they be concerned, and um, I want to, let me hear you guys, what should should they be? You guys think they should be concerned? Any knows, Any knows, Ain't nobody brave enough to say no, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What would you say about that, Paskatana? Yeah.
0: Oh, most definitely be concerned. Um, when there is a relationship outside of a marriage that you don't know about or you yeah, don't really yeah. know the depth of it, um, it is a concern, uh, especially if, if it's been hidden. We've, we've been talking about transparency. We've been talking about the marital relationship and how there should be nothing um, going on that the other one does not. Privy yeah. to, yeah. Um, so yes, that could cause um, that could cause a rift, that could cause a divorce, that could cause an affair. I mean, the enemy yeah. only needs an inch. He only yeah. needs. He just needs a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he only yeah. needs to just put one seed in the mind, um, and then he he will take it from there. He will he will nurture it. He will cultivate it. He will grow it, and you will find yourselves. So oftentimes, people find themselves into situations that they shouldn't be in because they started off as oh we're just friends, or we're just study partners, or we're just this, or we're just that. And the enemy just can so quickly and so swiftly and so deceive, deceivously uh, s- turn those things around. Isn't so that, that's something to be cautious yeah. about.
1: Here's a second and last question. Is it a sin if a married man or woman looks continuously <laughs> at a woman, Lord Jesus. Continuously. Uh, uh, no, at a person. It doesn't say woman. At a person of the opposite sex. And then the B card part of the question says, Should that be confessed to their spouse? So in other words, um, can I stare you down? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, What would you say to that person? What would you guys say? Should they do it, yes or no? Come on, y'all, let's get involved. No, not good, right? Not healthy. Come on, let's be honest. Not healthy, right? Not healthy. Talk about that a little bit.
0: First of all, what you looking at? That's my question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you
0: know, I mean, there's one thing to look, and then there's one thing to stare. Um, and once yeah. you, once your eyes get fixated on something, or you're staring for something, or you're going to work and you're looking to see what he or she has on, or you know, then there's an issue there because it is something that has enticed you, something that that has captured you. You know, the eyes are the gates to the souls, and so we have to be careful about how how we interact. I mean, you can you can look at something and move on from it. But if you look at it and then you go home at night and you start thinking about it or that vision comes back to you because the enemy will play with your mind. He will bring that that vision of her, bent over at the office or him picking up something, you know, and then he's going to go in and he's going to start wrecking your mind and you're going to be like, yeah. You know what you're gonna do. You're gonna start thinking about it, and it Amen. just it just begins to feed your lustful desires. It begins to feed those places. Um, that's the that's his feeding ground. It begins to feed those places. And then the next thing you know, you're caught up in an affair. You've broken up a marriage. You've done something that that in all intent was, wow, he's a handsome. He's very handsome, or she's very beautiful. And you've taken it past the limit.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, today we're gonna begin this process of going through the text. Um, We'll do a little bit of review. Let me just do review, and then I'll have you pray and read the verse, and then we'll talk. And so we've been dealing with Genesis chapter 2 for the past few weeks. Been here for a few. And then today we're going to look at just two verses in chapter 3. We've been, we started on chapter 3 last week where we're talking about this whole issue of being and maintaining a level of transparency within the relationship as it relates to the things of God. We saw God created man as a foundation. We saw God brought woman to be the helpmeet of the man. Or um, And then last week specifically we dealt with chapter 3, verse 1, when we saw the serpent, which was the most crafty being that God has created. And of importance to what we shared with you last week was the fact that the serpent was simply a vehicle that was used by the enemy to access Eve and Adam, or Adam and Eve. Um, The serpent itself was not the enemy, but it was a vehicle being used. And the reason that's paramount and important is because if we're not careful, we too can end up being the vehicle that he uses. Does that make sense? And especially in the marital relationship, he could use one or the other as vehicles to cause craziness to enter the home. So today, we're going to look a little more at this um, text, but let me have you um, pray first. And then we'll read, and then we will talk about what we're going to share with today. Yeah.
0: Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, God, and we thank you, Lord, for life, health, and strength, Father. Yes, Father, Lord. we ask that we just open up our minds right now, Father God, and we receive this word for ourselves, God, that it penetrates our hearts, it adjusts yes, our Lord. attitudes, it adjusts our relationship with you, God. Father God, it's as you have, are teaching us, God, to be transparent, Father God, Father God, not to keep anything hidden from each other in our marriages and in our relationships, God. Father God, you want us to be able to look at each other and see each other as you created us, Father God. So, Father God, that can only be done through a relationship with you, Father God. That clarity, Father God, that freedom comes through a relationship with you. So, Father God, we ask that you penetrate our hearts, Lord. You open our eyes. You open this word up to us so that we can adjust. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. So, Genesis chapter 3, verses 5 and 7. And we're going to flesh out the remainder of it in the upcoming weeks. Now, let me just say this just by way of setting the tone for what we're going to read and what we're going to be sharing. I've said this a few weeks consecutively, but I want to say it again. Everything that we've shared up until to where we are today is what I'm going to refer to as pre-fall or pre-sin. Understand with me that sin had not yet entered the relationships or had not yet entered the world. And we're going to see a scenario in front of us where the enemy comes to tempt Eve. And then at the end of everything that happens, they find themselves not pre-sin, But they've gone through a position of failing and then they find themselves on the other side where sin has now entered the relationship. And we're going to talk about what it takes to recover, to get back to that place where God would have you to be. So you're going to see a clear transition today of what it means to be here and then to be to be pressed with choice, I'll just use the word, we'll talk through it, and you find yourself on the other side of the fence, and what do we do to get back to where God would have us to be? So Genesis chapter 3, verses um, 3 and 5, just those two verses, and then we'll continue to talk about um, where we are. Yeah. Five and seven. yeah, did I say 5 and 7? Yeah, five. Genesis chapter 3, 5 and 7, yes. So
0: it reads, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate.
1: Yeah. Did you read verse 7? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves lion lion claws.
1: Okay, good. So let me just start here, then we're going to just walk through four big things we want to share with you today, and we'll endeavor to be as succinct as we can, but hopefully we'll be able to share some things that will have uh, meaning and impact. Number one, understand with me, before we even talk to the first one on the screen, problems begin in our homes, in our relationship, when we know to do right but we refuse to do so. Come on, say amen. Amen. It begins when you know to do right, but we intentionally and literally refuse to do so. So notice, put the first thing on the screen. Let's walk through this and we're going to see what the good Lord is saying. So here's the thing that I want to begin by saying this. Number one, beware or be aware of the enemy's deception of achieving godlikeness. Now, you will notice as we look at the text that we, we, we said a little bit about this last week, but we just need to review to set up where we're going to land um, just to walk through this. The temptation that Satan brought to Eve was the fact that you will be like God, knowing good from evil. That's the thing. And, and there's a temptation where, where he would... Let me, let me just read what I wrote. I want you all to hear this and then we'll talk to it. It says... When the, what the temper, tempter was saying to Eve through the serpent is this. He was saying this God is jealous. He does not want to share his glory with you. And he knows that the moment you partake of this tree, you will be like him, knowing good from evil. Then he's continuing. The truth of the matter is not that you will die when you partake. You remember he said, you will not surely die, but your eyes will be open. So here's what the enemy was trying to convey to Eve. But you will come to the realization that you have decision-making power, which he fooled her into believing that that decision-making power is now called worldly wisdom. Okay, so here, here's what he's saying. Let me continue, and then I'll talk about this. You will realize, Eve, that you have the right to choose. Now, doesn't that sound like the world? Come on, y'all. is not that not what they say to us? You are your own woman, he is his own man, you are your own individual, I am my own individual, and there's some truth to that, there's a lot of truth to that, but then you have a right to choose, you have right to do all that, and, and there's a lot of truth to that, but does anybody in here know that when God says it, and we intentionally violate what God says, we're positioning ourselves for failure? Come on, say amen if you know that. So so here's what it says. You will realize that you have the right to choose. Besides, you don't need anyone choosing for you. You can choose for yourself. After all, here's what he says. Isn't that what gods do? Anybody who's a god, small g, they have a power. They have the ability to make choices for themselves. So listen, Eve. You don't need God, capital big G, making decisions for you. If you do this... You're going to be just like him making decisions for yourself. And it was a deception into achieving God-likeness, and the side commentary is the woman fell for it. Now, let me say this, and then you can talk. Don't be so hard on Eve, because we're going to see in a little while. We do this every single day when we, of our own free will, go against what God tells us to do. Come on, say amen. Talk about that a little bit. Let me go through this, yeah.
0: So Eve, um, the enemy had, had uh, deceived her. She didn't. she didn't realize how he was so smooth he just he just deceived her. And deification uh, is a fantasy difficult to repress and a temptation hard to reject. In the woman's case, she needed to give into both only by shifting her command her commitment from doing God's will to doing her own will. When everyone makes his own will more crucial than God's yeah. God's revealed will, becomes irrelevant whenever autonomy displaces submission and obedience in a person that that finite individual attempts to rise above the limitations imposed on him by his creator so what Eve wanted to do Eve wanted to she wanted to run the show her own way hmm. she wanted to be the boss yeah, yeah. So what happened was she didn't realize what she was asking for. She didn't realize what she was getting. So when she partook of the fruit and she saw that it was good and pleasing to the eye, and she partook of it, she really thought that she was going to become a god. Yeah, <laughs> Psych. yeah. Psych. And yeah. so we do that all the time. You yeah. know, when we when we go against the, the commands of God or the, or the ways of God, God gives His commandments for a reason. Yeah. And God had had put the 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 tree of of good and evil in the middle of the garden not to to tempt them not to to do anything but it was it was a vehicle to which I'm going to teach you what obedience is don't touch it Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. like when you were a child and your parents would say the stove is hot or don't don't run outside barefooted or don't do this or that They're trying to, they're teaching you a principle. And what God was teaching was a principle that the enemy took and twisted and made and and had Eve thinking that God was jealous, God was selfish. And so she said, Well, if I can be like God, because he's running things up in here, I really don't need him. I can run things myself. And we do that all the time. I mean, we walk in our flesh, we do what we want to do, we do it how we want to do it, and then the end result always ends in death.
1: Here here's Eve, here's Eve living life the way God would have her to live it. And here's the enemy fooling her into thinking, achieving Godlikeness, right? That as long as you stay here, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. right? And deceived her to where she made the mistake and gave up true life to end up over here. So be aware, be aware of the enemy's deception of achieving Godlikeness. Now flow into the second one, Go to the second one, and let's talk to this. So now notice the second point. This is what the deception of Godlikeness. It is believing the lie, that worldly wisdom is equal to godly wisdom. I mean, when you think about what's happening in our culture, what's happening in our world, theologically and otherwise, the whole thing that's going on with the shift that's happening in culture is that the culture is starting to fool the church into believing that everything you know about God hasn't been true. We have it right. And what's happening now is the culture is starting to influence the church. And what's really happening is they're saying, what we do is greater than what you're doing. And the sad commentary is the church is making the shift, compromising on values, adjusting to the world. Listen to me, church. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a deceit. And the enemy will bring that into your relationship to mess up what God's done. So the deception of godliness is believing the lie that worldly wisdom is equal to godly wisdom. So, so listen to this. Imagine, imagine with me and, and, and just go with me in your spiritual imagination. I don't know... Because the text isn't clear how long Eve was in that garden before the, the serpent showed up or the enemy came to the, the serpent, used the serpent to deceive her. We don't know if it was one day after creation. We don't know if it was 5,000 years after. We, we don't know the time frame. But, but what we, I think what we can safely say, she had the Word of God, and I'm willing to bet that there's been a lot of times that while Eve was in that garden, she would walk by every single day and never notice that tree. I'm willing to bet that. And she'd go about her business as Adam worked in the garden, and she'd go back and go home and walk by every single day and never notice that tree because up until the intervention of the serpent, she believed the word of the Lord. Come on, y'all, talk to me. And God said, don't eat it, and she believed God, and she probably went, I don't know, it could have been five, I don't know, but some time passed by that she ignored the tree, and she knew better than to go into the vicinity of the tree, Then. Verse 5 happens, I mean chapter 3 opens up, verse 5 happens, and the enemy comes and he plants seeds of discord and doubt in her mind to say, you ignoring that tree every day, you've been missing out on life. And then one day, she walks by and she does this. (laughs) She keeps walking. Next day, she goes by. And she does this. And she does this. Oh, yeah. It got to the point where she did this. And then verse 6 is happening. And she's processing. Oh, come on, y'all. Talk to me. Come on. Come on. Come on. A lot of time had gone by, but she had God's word in her heart that she might not sin, but the enemy gave access with the deception of the lie. Amen. And she made the mistake of believing. And notice where she found herself now, in the presence of the thing that God had commanded her not to eat. Now, y'all, don't be, don't be so hard. Don't be so hard on Sister Eve because um, y'all know how it is. Let me give you a couple examples. You've been working with her or him for years. Mm-hmm. Never noticed him. Never noticed her. Same office, same cube. It's been 20 years. No one day you're going to work with your lunch. All of a sudden, you're like, because <laughs> the enemy now has used a vehicle to get in your head. Oh, don't act like it hadn't happened. Don't like it. I mean, she's been working for 20 years. Hey, Sally, you look good in that dress. Next thing you know, you're up at the tree. Oh, come on, y'all. Don't play holy on me. Don't play holy on me. Okay? You're up at the tree, talking with the tree <laughs> that the Lord told you. To, I mean, let, let me go here. Let me go here. here here's another example. You can talk past me. Here's another one. Um, two honest good Christian believers, right, serving the Lord in a beautiful dating relationship, have plans to get married down the road. All is well, all is well, all is well. Then all of a sudden the enemy comes and he plants a seed, right. And here's what he says, hey, you're going to marry her anyway. Are you going to marry him anyway? Why don't you all try this out before y'all get married? Come on, you. Y'all know what God said. And here's what you do. Maybe we ought to move in first to see if this is going to work. I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but, but this is anti-culture. Come on, y'all. And then all of a sudden, something that what you ha- would not ordinarily have done because he's gained access. Look at what y'all are doing. Moving in. And then here, here's what we do. Here's what we do. Well, we'll move in. But you have your room and I'll have mine. At least it won't be sin. As if it's not already. Right. Then y'all moving, She's in her room. He's in his. In the middle of the night, he like, what you doing in there? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Some of y'all have been here before. I sound like I got some experience, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you doing in there, girl? I tell you what, let's let's work this out. I go on the bottom sheet, you stay on the top sheet. And we'll have a sheet in between us. We'll be up. Y'all can y'all y'all that, that preacher us know some things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, y'all. And then all of a sudden, just from him planting a seed, just like Eve, we find ourselves unbeknownst to ourselves because we believe the lie that worldly wisdom is equal to godly wisdom, and the enemy has this all the time. And it introduces craziness into our relationship. Talk about that a little bit. Be careful of the lie.
0: It's, 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 it's easy to slip, and it's easy to, to fall into that because... Because of the culture. Now, Adam and Eve, there, there was no sin before. Um, but now when you look at the, how culture has progressed and how uh, concubines and how we or cohabitation and everything. I mean, it's a norm. It's accepted in society. Here's today. a good
1: one. Here in Colorado, they call it common law marriage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> common law marriage. You wow. know, these things, wow. I mean, society says that it's okay. Show me common law marriage in this word.
1: Yeah. You yes. know, show,
0: show me shacking up in the word. Wow! So we have to we have to make the we have to make the choice as Christians. We have to make the choice of of standing in our biblical truths. Yeah. And you know, I don't care how how much you try and I've heard people. Well, you know, we're just bringing our finances together because it would be you know why are we paying two rents? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And Lord. we will excuse excuse excuse. And it still sounds good. Like yeah, they're gonna get married and you know they could bring it together and they could save that one you know that other person doesn't have to pay rent and they can bring the household together and just begin to you know uh, financially set themselves up you setting yourself up all right for something yeah. else <laughs> so it's, it's important that we stand under God's word um, and not allow what's what always seems right isn't right we talked about that last week like it sounds good yeah and it may be good but it's not really good you know so we have to make sure that our choices are always. Centered in the
1: word of God. Amen. Look at verse 6. Look at look at what verse 6 says of chapter 3. It says this, so when the woman saw, come on, say saw. When she saw that the tree was good for food, that verse perplexed me in that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Let me walk you through... Um, some of the, the lies. Go to the next slide. Let's walk through what the lie does. Let's talk about this. So consider the lie of worldly wisdom. Number one, worldly wisdom fools us into thinking that what God says or what God calls not good is actually good. Okay? Verse 6 is striking to me. Because understand this. The enemy comes to her and he says, did God really say you must not eat of any fruit or tree, or eat fruit from the tree in the garden. Listen to the woman's response. God did say, right? So she knew what God said. And so if she could hold on to what God said and not bring it into the situation, it would have been fine. But verse six says she considered the thing, she looked at the thing, and notice what verse six says. It says, God said the tree is not good. Because she engaged it, listen to what she's saying. I hear what God says, but I see something different. I hear an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God who knows everything saying this, but here's me in my finite self seeing this thing, and listen to what the enemy does with the lie. He fools her into thinking that her worldly wisdom is on par with God, and she believes the lie. Even though God says it's not good, here's what she says, but it looks good, and she concluded it's good for food. People, that's crazy because that's my problem, and that's your problem, right? Right? When we sin, it's not because God gave us permission to do the thing that we do. It's because we think we're wiser than God and we're calling good what God calls bad. Oh, come on, say amen. We're calling good what God calls bad. So God says it's not good. And listen to what she says is actually good. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. Notice what, notice what it says. Worldly wisdom now, it fools us into believing The mirage is reality. She saw, and what she saw, she acted on. I was sharing with First Service this story and (laughs) I love it. There's this bull, there's this bull, let me say it real quick. There's this bull that was in a pasture and and the bull had all the grass it could want and all the cows it could work. And, And I think the principle with farming or whatever it is, agriculture, one bull, many cows. Thank you Jesus. Yeah. Y'all missed that, but it's okay. But but this bull was not content with all the cows that he had. He looked up in the distance and he sees two cows that looks a lot fatter than his and plumper than his and juicier than his grazing over in the distance. So every day, that joker would ignore his multiple cows and keep nibbling to try to work his way over to the other cows. But what was separating them was a fence, and, and for him to get to the other cows, he had to somehow jump the fence. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I've never seen a cow jump a fence. Are you with me? Oh, so, so I'm sorry, a bull, thank you, a bull jump a fence. So this joker wanted those cows so bad that he mustered up the strength to gather up as much speed as he could, and he ran with his no-jumping self and hopped that fence and fell down and made it on the other side, all bruised up and scratched up from the barbed wire. But he gets up, and he looks at his cows, and he shakes his head, and he looks in the distance at the new cows, and he starts to trot to the new cows. And the closer he got to the new cows, he kind of looked and like, those aren't cows. They're bulls. And he realized that he lost what he had because the mirage in the distance fooled him into thinking, I wish I had somebody in here, yeah. And and the reason a lot of us give up the beauty that we have at home is because of the mirage and we fool ourselves into thinking it looks better on the other side than when you get there. Here's what you say, I gave up that for this. Come on, talk to me, y'all. That's the lie that the enemy will put in our head, and we need to be cognizant and careful with that.
0: Yeah. Yes. So let's just bring this to a practical application. You know, that's how people get into affairs. That's how people get into um, all kinds of of situations is because the eyes, the eye is pleasing. Eve looked at it, and she goes, oh, it's beautiful, you know. Oh, it, it, I just can't wait to taste it. I want to see what it tastes like. I want to see just how juicy it is. And that happens all the time yeah. in our workplaces. People in, that are sitting here right now are in this situation. You know, you saw something that appealed to you. Her hair was flowing. Her nails were done. Her eyelashes. Let me tell you, when she go home, she probably taking them nails off, taking them eyelashes <laughs> off, taking that wig off. And you, But you see, you see it, and you're just like, I got to have it. I got to have it. And then when you get into it, you're like...
1: What in the world? What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> what is that? Because you know, we have to be because the enemy is deceptive. Yes. And you don't know she might have ten kids at home. She might have her a husband too. And you've wow. jumped into the situation because the eyes, because your eyes tricked you, because she deceived you. And so we have to be very cautious of how we carry ourselves. So yes. people will tempt you. All day, every day. That's that's the enemy's job. He's going to do it. But it's up to us to stand on the word and say, yes. you know what? You are a beautiful woman. You are a handsome man. Amen. But I got a handsome man at home. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Hallelujah. <laughs> and you
0: stay true to what, what God has for you because your blessing is in your union.
1: Amen. Amen. So look at the third thing. Put the third one on the screen. The third point, as we kind of, so worldly wisdom, it fools us into believing that we are as wise as God. Okay, let me, let me flesh this out for a little while. Here's, here's what the enemy did. is that Eve fooled herself into believing that partaking of this tree would give her godly wisdom, would present her with choice. And she fooled herself into, or the enemy fooled her into believing that she could make better choices than God. Now, you must understand this with me. Prior, prior to this encounter with the serpent, decisions in the garden were filtered through a conversation with God. Let me tell you what I mean by that. If you read the text, the biblical text, it says in the cool of the day, later on in chapter 3, God would come down and he would fellowship with Adam and he would fellowship with Eve. So here's what this looked like. There was nobody in the garden that this couple had conversations with outside of God absent God so they would go through the garden and whenever they would encounter something new Eve would probably look at Adam and say Adam what's that and Adam would look at Eve and say I don't know and he'd probably say put that on the list for when we talk to God don't miss that don't miss that don't miss that don't miss that And then God would come down and they'd say, hey, Adam, hey, Eve, how was your day? And they'd say, it was cool, God, but we saw this thing happening and we saw this and we don't know what it is. And God would explain and they would fellowship. Come on, does this make sense? And they would engage and they would interact with God. But then all of a sudden, this strange entity comes up and engages them in conversation and they make the mistake of not saying, hold up, let's go check with God so so he can off I wish I had somebody in here to see if he would authorize this conversation because this is strange. Now, the reason I want to bring that up is because there's there's a point here that needs to be made about the importance of prayer in a relationship the importance of talking to God about situations or problems you may be going through before you go talk to the girlfriend or the boyfriend or the person who may give you wrong advice. We're sharing with first service. When we were going through some difficulties in our marriage, I mean, tough, tough stuff, the thing that brought us through was what? Prayer. A lot of prayer. Prayer talk about prayer the importance of that
0: So the there, importance of prayer in our relationship um it was it was paramount it, it is what why we're standing here today um because we were hot headed oh, we were yeah. young we, we were, you mean we, you we were hot headed we were young you know we were stupid i'm going to tell you we were
1: lord jesus we pray were for stupid.
0: us <laughs> and so um we just you know we're living life like most of uh, most People do just yeah. living life, and you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying to trying to achieve, trying to do all these things, um, not realizing how how much the en- enemy was infiltrating us. Yeah. And so when it when it got to the point to where everything just exploded, literally exploded. Um, it, it, our choice came. Are we going to continue in this, yeah. or are we going to go and and, and seek God and yeah. and and hear what God has to say? Yeah. Because this marriage is over. The divorce. Yeah. I'm, we're good. We're done. You know. Hey, it didn't work out. Let's go our separate ways. But the voice of God said, No. Yeah. <laughs> you all created this, and I can I can I can bring healing. I can yeah. bring yeah. bring it back to you. So it's it began with prayer, and as as we begin to. To realize that we did love each other and that we did want to stay together, um, it wasn't like okay, get up the next morning and everything's honky-dory. It it took us inviting God yeah. back into this situation. Yeah, it, it took us inviting the presence of God in, and that was through prayer. And a yeah. lot of times, you know, when we first started out, because we don't really realize. Um, the power of prayer. I'm praying about him. He's praying about me. We're fighting in our prayers. Yeah. Um, You know, (laughs) Lord, fix him. Lord, fix her. I do this, you know, we're sliding in things in our prayers. Um, But when I realized, I said, God, this this, this still ain't working. Um, I had to, I had to get my, we had to get our relationship right with Christ first. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that God wasn't there because it felt like he wasn't. But until we opened up that door and and got, Got the word from him, got wisdom, sought him and said, okay, God, we've been married 16 years and, and this is a disaster. So don't expect your situations to change overnight. Yeah. You have to build that relationship with God, that Constantly, intimacy yeah. with God yeah. first before you can go this way. You yeah. can't go this way yeah. unless you've gone to yeah. the father first. And he's been able to mend, he's been able to heal, he's been yeah. able to show yeah. you the situation yeah. through his eyes. Because as long as we continue to filter it through our eyes, we're going to, we're going to be in our flesh. Yeah.
1: Let me do this. Don't, don't pray like this, right? This is because we, we had to figure this out and learn this. Don't pray like this. You know, we're going to hold hands and we're going to pray. And I'm going to say, Lord, um, Lord, bless Katani so she can make me some steaks because I'm tired of spaghetti and meatballs, you know, um, and Lord, help her to clean the house more. And Lord, let her love me more and love me like a wife. Yeah, Lord, like a wife should, you know. And I'm praying, right, Lord, I know the average standard says once a week. But God, I'm praying that you would just bless her to do it three times a week, Lord. Pray. And um, yeah, you know, and I, <laughs> you, kind of, yeah, you kind of get it, right? That's not prayer. Yeah. You kind of get what I'm saying. Because the goal of God is, is, is not so much to fix me through her. But here, here's what prayer, it should be like this. God, I'm a mess. And God, you're holy. So Lord, make me look like you so when Katani sees me, she sees Christ in me. You kind of get where I'm going? You get what I'm saying? And so the, the, the goal of prayer is individual. Lord, make her like you. And she's saying that for herself. And I'm saying, Lord, make me like you. And and here's what my prayer says. Lord, give me patience like you have patience. God, give me love like you have love, such that if I have Christ-like patience, it doesn't matter what she does, I'm going to act like God in the house. Oh, come on, somebody talk to me. If I have Christ-like love, it doesn't matter what she loves. I'm going to be the God representative in the house. And the more we both become like Christ, the easier it becomes for us to adjust. Come on, y'all. God work.
0: We had to learn to cover each other. So, you know, he he knew my shortcomings. I knew his shortcomings. And when I went to a counseling that my counselor gave, I will never forget this. She told me, she said, um... Now, because I went in, you know, blah, 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 you know, and I just told everything. And um, she said to me, she says, um, you're very, you're a very transparent person. I wasn't expecting all of that, but okay, you gave it to me. And she told me, she says, one thing that you need to do and need to understand, she said, in, in, in the story of Noah, she says, when he got drunk, and she said, and the one son went in and mm. he she looked at his nakedness and he laughed and he went to get his brothers. Mm. And when they came, the other two backed up. And of, they covered his nakedness. She yeah. says, "You got to cover your husband's nakedness. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. got to learn to cover each other. Yeah, yeah. And so we have to learn yeah. to cover each other. Yes, I'm offended, or you've done this, or you've done that. But I cover you because yeah. I love you. I cover you because yeah. God covers me, and God covers yeah. you. And so if we are cross Christ-like, we will learn to forgive each other for the for our um, um, sins against each other, and we cover each other. If you don't yeah. cover, that thing is going to lurk." It's just going to lurk in the back. So we have to learn to cover ourselves.
1: And that only comes when we remove the external person and we talk to God Mm -hmm. about us. Does that make sense? Talk to God. Put this next letter on the screen, then we're going to make this transition. Look at this letter. So whenever we decide to make our own decisions without consulting God first, we are positioning ourselves, our spouse, and our families on the path of a dangerous downfall. Okay. The shift is about to happen. Here's Eve. And the enemy now is coming and he's talking to her through the serpent. He's tempting her. And look at the point. Look at the point. She's making a decision without saying, Adam, what do you think? You kind of get where I'm going. She's making a decision without saying, God, who is this that I'm talking to? Because she believed the deceptive lie, that worldly wisdom, you can be like God. And if I'm a God, I don't need to ask another God for permission. You see the problem, right? And she'd fool herself into believing that's who she can become. And what she was really doing by making those bad choices was positioning not only herself, but her entire family for the spiral downfall. Okay? And this is when we begin the process of introducing mess into our relationship, into our homes, into everything, is when we block God out and don't take our challenges or situations to the God. Here, here we find, and the tempter is coming, and just like you said, stuff looks crazy, and one is not willing to cover the other. And here's what external, girl, leave him. I left mine four years ago. Worldly wisdom. Versus what is God saying to you? Come on, does this make sense? Okay, put the next slide on the screen. Let's walk through this and we're almost there. Okay, so now listen to this. Adhering to the lie of worldly wisdom, it results, here's the result. Deterioration in our relationship, number one, with God. And number two, with each other. Okay, when when I allow worldly wisdom to come in, I mess this up. And I messed this up. Come on, do you see that? It's a two-way street where we mess that up and we don't do what God. So look at Genesis chapter 3 verse 7. And if you need to chime in, chime in because I'm going to be on a roll in a little while. Look at verse 7. Verse 6. She took of its fruit, she ate. She gave some to a husband who was with her and he ate. Verse 7. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were were naked. Oh my gosh, this is just, um, it's just some crazy stuff. So understand with me, before I even go here. Now, notice with me, when it says their eyes were open, prior to her partaking, here's what the enemy said. You're going to be like God. You're going to know good from evil, you're going to do all that stuff. Let me step in the middle. She eats and she realized it's not what she thought it would be. Now, y'all be honest with me. Isn't that the truth with sin? While you're tempted, there's not much guilt. It's after you partake. Is that it? (laughs) It's not what we think. Because you believed the lie. And so her eyes was open, and where she thought she would see something else, where she thought she would have a completely experience, true, she didn't die physically, but spiritually she was gone. We'll talk about that in the upcoming weeks. Her eyes were open, and what they saw was not the thing they expected. Amen. Watch the text. Go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. Notice what it says here. Okay, as we kind of walk through this. Um, The consequence of adhering to worldly wisdom is this. Number one, adhering to worldly wisdom exposes the fact that you are naked. Don't miss this. This is, I'm going to be literal, but we're going to talk symbolic, symbolism, and all that stuff later on. For all those years, she's walking around Adam. Naked and unashamed. You get the series title. All of a sudden, she partakes of this thing. And the first thing she's like, Adam, what's that? She looked, oh my gosh. They realized for the first time what nakedness was. Right? Come on now. Had she not partaken, it would have been good in the state that they were in. But they're beginning the process now of shifting over to sin and partaking of that fruit. Open her eyes to something she did not expect. Oh, my gosh, what's that? Oh, my gosh, why do we look like this? What's happening? All of a sudden, listen to the term, they are exposed. Oh, my gosh. B, adhering to worldly wisdom, it introduces the shame associated with nakedness in our relationship. Where, let me be literal, they can stand boldly in the presence of God, in the presence of each other. All of a sudden, it's this. Hiding. Covering up. All of a sudden, that's happening. Come on. Are you, their eyes were open. It was not what they thought. Okay. Look at the next one. Adhering to worldly wisdom, it causes us to do what? Hide from God. Oh, my gosh. They would come from God. In the presence of God, in all their nakedness, all and hang out with God. All of a sudden, they partook. And listen to what they're doing. They're hiding now. We can't let God see us like that. Don't blame Eve, guys. We go out on Saturday night and we do some things. You go to church the next day. You know, no, I can't let God see me like that. Hey. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And we hide too. Because we've been exposed to the deception that worldly wisdom is wiser than godly wisdom. Go to the next one. Let's keep going. We're almost there. We're almost there. Next one. So adhering to worldly wisdom, it exposes us to terminologies, I like this, and ideologies that God did not authorize. They're hiding from God. Listen to God. Hey, Adam. Where you at, bruh? Here's Adam. Hey, God, I'm over here among the trees. What's wrong, Adam? Why are you there in the trees? Man, I found out I'm naked. Whoa, naked? Where'd you get that word, Adam? Every time you saw something new, you'd come to me and I explained it to you. We've never had a conversation about nakedness. So how come all of a sudden, because of your nakedness, you're hiding when before you can bring anything to me, naked and unashamed, and not have to hide, then all of a sudden you find yourself naked and ashamed, and you're hiding. So listen, did you eat? (laughs) Jesus. Excuse me, baby. This is good stuff. Okay? And then it causes us to blame, so he's hiding. And Eve is hiding with him. And here's what worldly wisdom does. It's her, it's her fault. Still hiding. Her fault. And here's what she's saying. Do it to me. You're not the serpent. <laughs> oh, I'm not the serpent. You're right. So point to the serpent. <laughs> so
0: so you, she blames it on the serpent. You got to do it like me, girl. You got to do the, it like me. Act the, 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 her. The serpent <laughs> deceived me. He told me I could, I would be like you. He deceived me.
1: Yeah. And they're casting blame. And Instead casting of asking blame. for
0: forgiveness. I think if they had just said, God, we messed if she, up. She, she, so if she. So check this
1: out. If you hadn't passed that marijuana law, God. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Let me leave that alone. Yeah, we're in Colorado. Yeah, casting blame. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we 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 will shift the blame instead yeah. of taking ownership yeah. for. They did not. If you read yeah. the text, they didn't take ownership.
1: Yeah, they we'll talk hair. about that. That's the last one, right? Adhering to worldly wisdom, it prevents us from taking ownership our for soul. our sin of failing. Remember, naked and not shame, they partook, and all of a sudden, naked and shame. Ashamed. You see it, right? Because a tempter fool them into thinking they can be like God. And here's what God-likeness brings. Shame. Can't compete. Can't compare. Shame. We're going to get to the relationship part because here's what we bring into our relationship. God-likeness, right? I can make my own decision. You can make your own decision. I don't have to listen to you. You don't have to listen to me. And 16 years, all of that crazy stuff, right? We've been mad 36 years, bless the Lord, so that we we made it past that long time, right? And and we're we're doing all this stuff, but, but hear me, hear me, hear me. The whole time, the reason we're going at each other like that is because we're naked and we're covering our exposure. We can't be transparent and stand and expose everything, and that's the problem. We're almost done. Next slide. Let me read this and then we'll be done. So go to the next slide. Talk to this. So the result is this. Adam and Eve's decision to disobey God was exposure resulting, listen to this now, in a scheme to cover things up. Look at verse 7b. Look at verse 7b. But well, let me read A. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And look at this. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloth. Next point. Let's, let me just read this and I'll stop. Put the next slide up. So here's the principle. Whenever we disobey God's word, it results in exposure such that the shame of that exposure is so bad that it usually, if not always, results in a cover-up. So here's what that looks like. I can't give you my pin to my bank account because of the cover-up. I can't have access to my accounts or my cell phone or my email because of the cover. You get it. You get it, right? I can't let you keys to my house, whatever, or my car because of the cover-up. I have what's mine, you have what's yours, because of the cover-up. So here's what we do. Because of the shame of exposure, we sew loincloths together and we cover ourselves to hide the shame mm-hmm. of our nakedness. Yeah. And if we take that into our relationship, you can't see me. And the reason she can't see me. Because I haven't properly dealt with the shame, I wish I had somebody in here, of the exposure that I brought into the thing. And because I'm not naked and transparent and she's not naked and transparent, we start out at each other's throat and we can't see each other because of everything that's covering her and everything that's covering me. Okay. Don't miss the fact. Don't miss the text. The text says, they sewed loincloths of fig leaves themselves to cover themselves up, okay. God did not make the fig leaves, they did, okay. As far as God was concerned, from the lens of God looking downward, they were naked and exposed and God was cool with that because he can fix it. They decided they wanted to hide from God by covering themselves up. So here's what happened, they sinned and then they try to fix the problem themselves.
0: So those loincloths, those are the lies that we tell. (sighs) Those are the things that we hide. It's those deceptions that we keep from each other. Instead of coming out and confessing and saying, I messed up. Yeah. We cover ourselves. And we cover ourselves with a lie, which you have to cover a lie with another lie. And then you just put on these layers of deceit. And so then when it comes time to deal with it, you got to. You gotta peel all of that off, all of yeah. that off, and that's where pain, that's where yeah. hurt, that's yeah. where where that stuff just goes to the core of a person's being because you've carried it for so long, yeah. and it just it's, it's become so painful. And when it comes when it becomes that painful. We can't fix it. That's when you have to call God in to intercede. And that's what God came. He came into the midst of the garden to intercede on their behalf. But they started telling lies and covering up instead of just saying, Father, we've messed up. And that's what we need to do. Father, I've been in this thing for so long. I do not even know how to begin to get out of it. But he does.
1: Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. The remainder of the series is going to look like this. So you have to finish up that chapter, this story, this part, then we're going to deal with this. Now that we're covered with all that junk and we're over here in sin, we're going to have to talk about how do I start getting undressed so I can get back to nakedness and unashamed. Right? So there's a lot of layers that has to come off. And we'll talk about that. So we're going to be technical because we're going to start taking some stuff off so we can get back in front of each other naked and unashamed does that make sense amen amen Amen. Amen. bye let's pray
0: father god we thank you for your revelant word father god we thank you for just opening up these passages of scripture god and being able to explain them father god in a way we have not heard father god we thank you that uh, for the ears that have heard this god father god that that relationship with you is first god that they got to come before you naked They've got to let you peel it off, God. Not that you don't know their sin, not that you don't know their shortcomings, God, but they've got to admit it, Lord. They've got to take ownership for it, Lord. So, Father God, my heart prays today that they will go home during this week, God, and just begin yeah. to meditate on you and just just let it go. Give ownership to it. Say, I did it, and I'm so ashamed. God, that's where you begin your work, Father God. That's, begin, that's where you begin to um, cleanse our hearts, Father God. Father God, that's why you sent your son Jesus as a sacrificial landlord that covers our sins, God. Our sins are already covered. We just need to admit it, confess it, Father God, and get back in right standing with you. So this is our prayer today, God, that this week we will get work on getting in right standing yes. with you yes. so we can go and deal with our situations in the natural. In Jesus' name.